Welcome back, sports fans. I am Boo Boo Bear with the Texas 1A fan, and we are bringing you the love. We are bringing you the joy. We are bringing you everything that is Texas six-man sports, from the boys to the girls to the coaches to the teams to the absolute love affair we have with sports out here. A little lady named Bobby Brown, for those of you who don't know this, started this thing up and full force, here we come. She got on the people, she got in her friends, and everybody's out here. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, how you doing out there, Bobby? I'm doing well, boo-boo, how are you? I'm well, totally excited, and um, just like everybody else, we're a little bit worried about what you know might come down the pipe now, pipeline of with the UIL. But hopes are high. We're keeping our fingers crossed, and everybody's hoping that we get to play every sport this year, see it all the way through, and do this thing that we call sports here in Texas. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the UIL came out with their new calendars last week. I know that. Some basketball coaches were probably looking like Kermit the Frog on his little manual typewriter. I know we've all seen that meme because they're not going to allow tournaments this year. And so we'll be talking about that a little bit later with Coach Hale and Coach Clay. I think the biggest thing was everyone was so excited that 1A football gets to begin at the normal time. It does, Bobby, but here's the thing, you know, yeah, I'm a huge football supporter, big football fan, probably one of the biggest fans out there. But, you know, I have a sister, I have daughters, and I was just thinking, golly, you know, for them to go into their senior years, for them to be doing the things that they're going to be doing, it, it aches my heart also. And you've got to, you know, somebody, a wiser man than me, much wiser man than me, has got to come up with something that's going to work. I know a lot of times that everybody thinks is the safest thing to do is to take it away or to stop it. And there's always that one person in the corner. There's always going to be one person at every safety meeting that's going to say, well, if it saves even one life, well, you know, an alien ship could wreck into the earth, into a gymnasium and hurt a bunch of kids too. So do we stop it completely, Bobby? Do, do we not have any sports at all because of aliens out there? It, it's, it's a virus. <laughs> it's a bad thing, but you know, I, I know that the kids are willing, the families are willing, the coaches are willing. And, and if they're not, you know, it's America. Hey, stay home, keep training, keep working. But I, I guarantee you these strong-minded, strong-willed little children, they will show up. And uh, it, it's just something ingrained in us. We're human beings. We are competitive. We're, we're, we attack. That, that is the reason, Bobby, going back to the alien thing, why we've never been attacked here on Earth, because the aliens know we have it ingrained in us to not submit, and we will fight back, and we'll beat them in football. We'll beat them in basketball. Whatever movie scenario you come up with, we're going to beat them. Well, yes, I guess I, you do have a point. Um, I'm glad you used the alien analogy, I guess. Uh, that's, that's better than, I mean, it kind of makes it exciting. All right. I just want to see them out there because, you know, we, we overlook it. You know, you grow up and you stop dreaming. Clouds stop taking shape. And you, you stop seeing designs and windows and, and furniture. And at night, you don't see ghosts anymore. But you grow up, but you forget with that, that heart, that child's mind, what it means to them. Their whole world is 10 seconds in front of them or, or in their hand, in their phone, and, and what's happening around them. And who are we, you know, once we look back to say, hey, you know, what, what are we doing? What are we taking away? Because I, personally, I think a lot of these children are going to be a lot more stronger minded. There's going to be not much in life you can take from them. That's and they're true. Gonna be ready for that. They're going to be flexible. But it, it's going to take, you know, like I said, the, the intelligent ones out there, the people that have thought this through to say, hey, what are we going to do? How can we help? How do we bring this thing all the way through so that we can do something? And, and I'm not so sure taking away tournaments is the right answer. Well, I think what they were thinking is here, here I'm going to be the devil's advocate. Uh, I mean, You're the we'll, devil's advocate. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, my favorite thing to do. Uh, <laughs> but I think what they're thinking is there's going to be a lot of people there. It's in an enclosed area. It will be hard to uh, uh, keep people socially distanced. But, um, I mean, I hate to see it, too, because I remember when I was a senior, shoot, my entire high school career, I absolutely loved going to tournaments. 
and it was just fun because you got to see all your friends from other towns and you were all at the same place at the same time so you know they'll lose a little bit but i'm just extremely grateful that we're going to have a season bobby bobby let me let me let me interject here devil's advocate i, I, was, <laughs> okay. I was i was a c student on a good day and uh <laughs> I, I, I have these thoughts, I have these minds. Some people say I have a vivid and wild imagination, but let, let, let's just get behind something. The world of sports is always innovative. The world of sports is always changing, and, and those who refuse to change fall behind, but yet those who stay the course and do it the way it's always been done are tough to beat. But here's what I'm thinking. Full body Under Armour suits, gloves, you got your, your – somebody comes up with this awesome, breathable-type sports mask. And, I mean, even if they got to go out there like a little scuba diver-type kit thing, right? Like, you want them to be in, like, a hazmat suit or what? No, 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 no. I want them to be in an athletic <laughs> suit ready to go. You know, a lot of those things keep you cool. A lot of those things, they keep you dry. You play into what they're going to have you, to Did you play though. basketball in an air-conditioned <laughs> gym? Because I did. And let I me played, tell you – that, that played, would not that would not work. <laughs> I played a game in Grand Falls, Texas, where it was a thousand degrees in there. I died three degrees. times and yeah. I was revived. <laughs> and I, I went on to finish that game with one rebound and two points. Greatest game of my life. Oh my Best god. Eighth grade year ever. <laughs> Did you just say eighth grade? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Bobby, what I'm saying is that that's my C plus mind. I'll just add to the plus in there. That's my C plus mind <laughs> thinking like there has to be someone or something thinking, forward thinking, an innovative way to think. You know, let me blow your mind. Let's, let's take it all the way back to 1937. There's two old boys sitting in there. They're, they're, they're sharing a pipe. And they're talking about, you know, conquering the world and all the great things they're doing. And one guy says, well, you know, Voudreau, they've invented a, an automobile that has air conditioning in it. Conditioned hmm. air for the road. Okay. All I'm saying is that things change, think things progress. So if we don't evolve from this and get better from it, we're going to continue to do this year after year. Well, that's true. But you never know. I mean, in my job, my, my full-time job, every single day sees a decision being overturned because of new information. And we're having to adapt. and try new things and be creative to get to where we need to be. And then we get to where we need to be and then it changes again. And I believe everybody across the board is experiencing that uh, usually on a daily basis. So, well, you know, I'm not, I am not poo pooing what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, there, there may be other things to think about. And I well, believe that this is a great time for all those creative minds to come out. And, mm -hmm. okay, yes, baby, you're creative. <laughs> and um, give their ideas. Well, Bobby, what if no fans went to the games? And, and I'm serious here. What if it was just televised? People have iPhones. Everybody owns an iPhone. You don't yes, have but to have if there's that. no fans, who's going to televise it? Hold on. You can invite one. The superintendent goes out there. Just the principal one. goes out there. <laughs> um, a lot of coaches are married or have a significant other that can go out there. But what That's I'm true. saying is, is um, even though a lot of schools can't afford the, the seven $8,000 system that runs on an algorithm that's able to record it, people do have iPhones, and you can live stream that thing, and it, it affords people the opportunity everywhere to be able to watch that, you might end up seeing a game where, you know, a school as small as Grady or, or any other school like that has two, 3,000 people watching them because it's the only game going on that night. It, it, it's something happening. I think and, we're uh, going to see a lot of that starting this fall. I really will. Well, you, that is do, our do great... Do you not agree? <laughs> I, I, I do. I'm just... That so, was a great idea. Booby. I'm just great so idea. headlong. I think that the full bodysuit is going to come into play some way, somehow. And they're going to get this going. And they're going to have someone there. Their whole job is just to sanitize the ball and get it ready to throw in and get it going. And together with forward thinking, and, and when they say adapt, I'm saying UIL adapt to sports and adapt into this way of life. And come on with it. Let, let's figure out the ways to say yes instead well, of the ways to say nay. That's true. I don't think they're saying nay. They, they have said yes. 
we just, nobody knows. Um, you know that song by Queens of the Stone Age, No, no One Knows? You ever play Guitar nobody Hero? Knows. No, not no, that one. Rude. Not that song. <laughs> Good Lord, knows. no. <laughs> uh, no one knows. If you ever played Guitar Hero, you'd know what it was. Um, but that's what I feel like our theme song is. No one knows. No one knows what's well, coming tomorrow. No one's coming. No one knows what's coming next week. But we do have a glimmer of hope because we've got a calendar. Well, Bobby, so, I do know. I do know one thing. I do that? know that we've got two fine coaches coming on tonight. We do. We've got a coach out of Abbott, and we've got a coach out of Garden City, Texas, joining us tonight on the Texas One A Fan, taking time out of their busy schedule to talk a little bit of sports, talk a little bit of shop. And uh, maybe get us going in the right directions and shed some light on some things that we brought out here tonight. Very true. Very true. Can't wait to get started with that. So tonight with us, we have Coach Hale from Abbott. We're going to let them introduce themselves a little bit, tell us a little bit about what they do. And then Coach Clay from Garden City, newly minted Garden City girls basketball coach. How are y'all doing tonight? Great. Doing good, doing good, thank you. Hotel, you want to tell us a little bit about what you do at Abbott? Sure, I guess I just finished up my 13th year at Abbott and that's the only place that I've been. So we'll be starting year 14. I got hired on as a basketball coach, but in the meantime, have coached just about everything. I'm trying to think, I haven't coached football and I'm pretty much, I think that's the only sport that I haven't coached there at Abbott. I, we were in between coaches several years, about six to seven years ago, uh, volleyball coaches. Um, and I stepped in and kind of interim coached it for two years. And actually, I'm kind of in the same spot right now. I'll be coaching volleyball for my third year in a row. Oh, wow. Um, we have a young, yeah. <laughs> we have a young coach that we've hired, and she's just about groomed to where she'll probably take over the program next season. We're actually going to kind of – it's going to be different this year. I'm labeled as the head coach, but we'll probably share – duties like head coaching duties about 50 50 close to 50 50 it's kind of weird but that's that's how we're going to do it we had a talent we had a super talented group of kids that just graduated this past season and their first two years um, of their in high school in volleyball they their third year their junior year would have been their third coach in three years oh wow uh, yeah that's a lot yeah. of coaches yeah, and it, it was I don't it was I don't want to I hate to say it, waste of talent, but they were having to learn you know a new system and a new coach every year. So I just said, um, not that I'm a volleyball guru or anything, but just to provide some stability. And since I've been there and I had those kids in first grade PE and they were sitting on my lap, you know, that I would step in and coach it to provide some stability. And that's where we're at now. We're going to get through that. But, yeah, I got started as a basketball coach and a baseball coach. Been coaching girls basketball ever since. Baseball, I head coached for seven years, assisted for two. Cross country, all the years I've been the cross country coach. And this, I think this will be my, I'd have to look. I'm pretty, it's fourth or fifth year of track. Which Y'all really do have a really good track team. We do. We do, and it's uh, actually, I don't know, Cooper Thornhill was here before me. He's a great friend of mine at Blum, and he's kind of one that set the culture up for track. He was here for three years, I believe, kind of turned the tides and set the culture up, and then I was able to just kind of take it and run with it, um, and we've been good ever since. No so. pun intended. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Yeah, we're just kind of, it's a very cohesive staff, and Man, every success that we've had, because we're pretty successful across the board. And it can, in my opinion, there's no really a single coach that can sit and try to take credit for it. I'm not going to try to take credit for any of the like programs that I individually am in charge of because we, we all work together across the board. Um, we each have our own passions and we're in charge of them. But Well, Coach Hill, I, I think you're coming off a little bit modest. Uh, you've been there for quite some time. I mean, it only takes a couple minutes for me to look on my phone and kind of look through the Abbott Panthers and see what's going on there. And I have been in my bubble out here in, in my corner of West Texas. And I know some coaches around this area, but I haven't, you know, stricken out there and gotten the broader view of everything. Sir, you've done one heck of a job out there as well as that staff in, in Abbott. They're a competitive community. 
they're, they're a strong town. And it looks to me that if you played Abbott at anything, you know you had a contest that night, win or lose. And it seems to me a lot of schools go home with that loss. And it's a well-deserved one. It's a hard-fought one. Um, kudos to you in that program. Abbott uh, looks like to be and, – and, and it is because I know – a little bit about six man football from, from the newspapers and the magazines, you know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Abbott, you know, they always seem to be one of those teams that it, it's become a familiar name, you know, uh, football or, or as Bobby said in track and, and we know those things, but speaking of track, had things not gone the way they went this year, uh, how, how do you think your, your kids would have fared this year? Just, just plainly speaking and, and, and with hopefulness and wishfulness, uh, how does the Abbott Panthers do this year? Well, I'm the girls' coach. I'm pretty in close in touch with the boys' program, too. But I know on the girls' side, man, we had – of course, we had a two-time state champion hurdler coming back, and she was leading her event. We had, I think, our what's going to be a senior, Sophie Stalker. She was, she was uh, leading the 800 in the state by a pretty big margin. She was. Um, like 8, 10, 12 seconds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, our mile relay was good we were I think in the state we were in the top five or six you know but before we left off I tell people all the time they know anything about track there's kind of some phases of conditioning that you do and we haven't we haven't even touched any kind of speed training at all we were doing volume work you know training like basically getting our lungs ready so we could have quality workouts down the stretch and we were, I think our four by two was number two in the region and maybe top five or six in the state. And the mile relay was about the same. Uh, the problem we were going to run into with the mile relay is it was, uh, on the girls' side, is it was, our region was loaded. So we would have had to just get it out. Um, so, you know, looking back, <laughs> I'm thinking, well, there's, let's just speak hypothetically and say those two kids win their event at the state level. Then you just, you know, you put some points on the board from your relays and team-wise because, you know, it's it's taken as low as 30 points, 32, 34 points to be on the podium as a team at State. Um, anywhere from 30 to mid-50s. So, I don't know. It's just a game of what-ifs at this point. And the sky's um, the limit. You know, if I'm you and I'm talking about this thing, I'm like, Abbott would have won State. We would have took the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down. I, I challenge any coach to say different because you don't have a voice tonight. I've got a microphone and I've got a computer and we won State. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. And those are the words of Coach Hell right there from Abbott. <laughs> yeah. And our boys, our boys mile relay at regionals, they had, they had one of the best times in the state last year and had a kid run on the lane line and got DQ'd. Um, oh, and they man. were they were going to be – they were bringing, I think, three out of the four back, and the guy that they were going to be plugging in was probably going to be better. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. And then they had an individual, you know, the Galupo that won state in the 800, and I believe they were going to plug him in. They were just testing him because he's, he's one of those kids that's just good. Uh, last year they ran him in the mile in a meet, and he ran something ridiculous, so they end up – going with that throughout the year but they our last track meet in Hillsboro they just plugged him into the 400 because they didn't know of course he, he ran on the mile relay and he ran the anchor leg but he's never ran the open and I think he ran like a 51 or a sub 51 and then we're this is like the second track meet of the season so they <laughs> I were like headed to in see, the, I like they to were see headed those in times. the right direction yeah we had girls and boys would have represented well uh you know, there's it's just whatever. We don't know what would have happened, but it is. Oh, what it we is. can pretend though, because I know. Yeah, I type. I've, I've pretended. <laughs> I've done a lot of pretending. <laughs> I type Abbott in my top in the top five in the region and state a lot. Yeah, you know, with track, it's a culture thing. That's really, especially we 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 take pride in the the tough races. You know, the the long sprints like the four hundred and the eight hundred because we feel like. If you get the chemistry right and the mentality right, you can almost always train up kids to be pretty good at those races. It doesn't take, you know, because those are events that you can bring a sprinter up or you can bring a distance person down. And all, I tell, we tell the kids, I do, before every track meet, we, we either need to – if we don't win the track meet, we better win the what? And they answer the mile relay. And I said, That's exactly right. <laughs> you sound like my high school coach. My gosh. Yeah, we had to win that thing every time. Well, thank you, Coach Hell. Coach Clay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, I'm doing well. 
So uh, you have moved to Garden City. Have you gotten all settled in yet? That is what we have been doing this week. We took about three months to move because the pandemic was going. So we were off work and gas was cheap. And I moved our entire house a pickup load at a time. And we literally just finished. We, we, about two weeks ago, we brought the last load of stuff. And then we went on vacation for a week. So we've, <laughs> we've spent the last four days putting up all that stuff we just dumped before we left on vacation. That doesn't sound like a great thing to come home to after vacation. I hope your vacation was, went well. It, it did. It went well. It went well. So, but we're, we're, we're pretty in now. So I hung up the last curtain just a while ago, right before we got on. <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> that makes the wife happy. Whatever makes her happy. That's right. <laughs> okay. So coach Clay, what will you be doing at Garden City this year? Uh, I will be head basketball, girls basketball and cross country. And then I don't know what else, something else, I guess. I'm not <laughs> sure what, I'm not sure if I'm in track or not. I've been in track a lot most of my career, but sometimes I'm not. So I'm real. I'm really not sure. Do you think the the track program plays into fall sports? You know, I think it helps. Obviously, from a competitive standpoint, you know, I, I tell our girls all the time, and Lorenzo, because they all ran cross country. You know, I did that when I coached boy. I coached boys for twenty years, and uh, boys that didn't play football always ran cross country. And I just tell them it's shared misery is what it is. Maybe we'll do well, maybe we won't, but we're all going to do it together. We're, we're going to do well or we're going to do poorly together. And uh, I don't want some people out there working their tail off and the other people at home, you know, eating bonbons. So we do, do it they, all together. Do they still have those bonbons? I have no idea. I um, wish they did. They're pretty good. <laughs> I, just, I just know my high school football coach said that all the time. Y'all spent all summer eating bonbons and now you're going to pay for it. Yes, uh, we've probably come from the same school. <laughs> hey there, Coach Clay. Uh, I'm Boo Boo. Welcome to the true West Texas out here. Uh, if you know Jeff Jones, you probably heard of me. We, we did. We went to school together. He's a Rankin graduate. I live out here. And believe it or not, and a lot of people aren't going to believe this, I absolutely love Garden City. And I'm going to tell you why. It's, it's a love-hate relationship because when our kids go out there and our kids go to play, you absolutely got to have either your helmet screwed on tight or you've got to go out there with your shorts pulled up ready to play some basketball. Because in Garden City and in that environment, they're going to give you their best game. They're always going to give you their best, so you better be willing to come with your best. If you've got a 75% night, well, you know, that's you're going to be beat by that 25%. And even if you do play at 100%, the odds are – aren't in your favor that you're going to come away with a big win. And and I love that. And I love that we get these games with them. I love that we play them. I, I like that I get to see friends that I, I played football with there in that area. I love the way it goes. I love those environments. And I, I love any time that two schools can get together and have a spirited affair. And then when it's all over, a couple pats on the back and like, hey, we'll get you next time. And yeah. uh, so all I can say is welcome to Garden City. When we see you next out there on the basketball court, if we do get a chance to play and get out there, I will be the chubby guy on the sideline with a microphone and I'll be like, go ring red devils. Yeah. You know, but, uh, <laughs> Hey, I, I love it. And I know you're going into a big program. Lots of, a lot of things are expected out there in garden city being that it's so close here. I, I know a little bit about it and expectations in that farm community there could not be higher. And it is a hardworking community. There's a lot of good people there. You know, yeah, I did say that here on the Texas 1A fan, believe it or not. And you know I, what? That's recorded, so everyone's going to hear it. And I That's do. Great. I love Garden City because I love that you have to go out there and work with them. You have to go out there and give it your all because if you're playing, if you're playing the game, you're going home with an L. But if you're going out there to do a little work, the odds get a little better. And so how have you found Garden City so far? I, I know you've got to like that gymnasium, or maybe you've played in bigger ones, but – for us out here, as far as those little 1A programs go, I think that is one of the finest gymnasiums um, I've seen in the six-man division. I think it's the very best one in 1A. Uh, and I think Garden City is the very best six-man school. That's why I'm here. I am familiar <laughs> with the real West Texas. I grew up in Ira Ann. Oh, man. Coming to work with Jeff is kind of a – you know, I have a lot of respect for Jeff. I like Jeff as a friend for a long time, but he is from Rankin. That hurts my heart <laughs> a little bit. So – 
Oh, sorry. Let me laugh Coach a little Clay. bit because <laughs> this is funny. This is great. Coach Clay, <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, when did you graduate from Ira Ann? I graduated in 1986. I was in Ira Ann when Rankin had uh, Dennis Black, Man. great player, Randy Fulton. Uh, Charlie Peterson. Quad Midkiff was, was my hurdling hero. I was a hurdler. He was my freaking hero in that regard. Yeah, all those guys grew up during that same time. We, I was good friends with uh, Randy Fulton and the McCravey, Mick McCravey and the twins. Man, I love those guys. Well, Just, now y'all stole Mick McCravey away from us. He went to go quarterback in our end of senior year. And that was and that's after still I was me. gone. Yeah, that was after <laughs> I was gone. But uh, hey, Mick's mom and my mom were real good friends. Wow. And so we were always real good. My mom ran the youth center in our end. And so uh, we were very familiar with kids from the other areas that would come over for that stuff. Randy was a hard guy to play football against because he was so nice. You know, <laughs> you, you know, football, you get all fired up and mean and nasty, and you knock him down. He goes, hey, nice tackle, baby. And you're like, stop doing that. You know, just be mean or something. But he was such a nice guy. And he still does have that all right, all right, all right attitude about him. You know, like everything's all right. I was a freshman when Dennis was a senior. Oh, wow. Uh, that was the very first year the UL started letting two teams in the playoffs. Our district was brutal good. Wink had been to the finals. Rankin had been to the finals. And then that year, Rankin coming off of the finals didn't make the playoffs. We oh, kicked a field goal at the end of the game. He ran for like 200 yards against us. <laughs> but we kicked a field goal the last second of the game to beat them and knock them out of the playoffs. Wow. We got in and they got – Wink won it because Wink was just remarkable during that time. But now, Did you have an opportunity to – or did you get to meet Riley Malone or was that after you? No, I know Riley. He was, now, he was junior high when I was high school. But what a great player. Uh, his dad was a principal there in town. You know, so, yeah, I know Riley very well. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There was a coach in Rankin. I'm, I'm going to save his name. I'm not going to say it out here. But I've been a lineman my whole life. But I do remember the kids that wanted to be, you know, fullbacks. We had three boys. They wanted to be fullbacks. And I remember he gave them a VHS tape and told them to watch this. It was the Iron Braves. And the kid they were supposed to watch was Riley Malone from back in those days. And I've, I, I love that little story. I like telling people our, from Iron that – but, uh, you know, if we ever do get a chance to play our end of football again, I hope we beat them 200 to nothing. <laughs> well, this would be a good time to do it. Poor kids. We had 0-11 last year, but they're, yeah, a little, they, they're a little down on numbers right now. Well, you know, I talked to an old boy from uh, McCamey down here. McCamey doesn't have a lot of love for our end either. And, and his words exactly were, they've been kicking everybody's tail for so long, it's about time maybe they took a little bit of humble pie themselves. Now, we always had kind of a friendly rivalry with Rankin. We do not have a friendly rivalry with Rankin. <laughs> no, you do not. Not at all. Not at all. But anyway, so I've been and I, you know, I grew up there. So I've, I've been in this park. Of course, I spent time in Grady, you know, uh, spent some time coaching the Monahans. So I, I've been around. I was listening to Coach talk about 13 years at Abbott. I haven't lived 13 years in one place in my entire life. Oh, <laughs> never. <laughs> I spent five years at Grady. It's the longest I've ever lived anywhere in my life. So I've been, I've been around coaching. I never coached any volleyball, and I spent a lifetime coaching football. It wasn't until the last few years that I haven't coached football when I switched over to the girls' side. I coached boys forever. But I've been West Texas. I've been Metroplex. I coached at Crum up in the Metroplex Northwest, which is Metroplex. I coached at both of those. Up around the Lubbock area, I coached at Turkey Valley. Uh, coached at Meadow and coached – I, I'm coming from Lorenzo right now. So uh, I've been around a long time and a lot of places. Well, Garden City yeah. is a great place. <laughs> well, tell me, what what was the biggest uh, thing to get used to when you switched from uh, boy coaching boys to coaching girls? Uh, every single thing. It is, it's, it's really different. I, the, the thing that I was worried about going from boys to girls turned out to not be true. I was worried about the quality of basketball. I thought, well, it's, it's not going to be as fun to coach because the basketball isn't going to be as good. And that's not true. The basketball is awesome. The girls work incredibly hard. They play incredibly hard. They're just as competitive. Everything I thought about that was wrong. I was wrong. Now, there's a lot of things that are different. You tell boys to go run through that wall 
they'll just take off to prove to you they can do it. If you tell mm -hmm. girls to go run through the wall, one, they want to know why, and then they want to know exactly how. What foot do I need to lead off of? You know, but, <laughs> yeah, give them specific instructions. Uh, but I'm telling you, they do, they do everything you ask them to do. I always say in a game, if a girl doesn't do something, either I didn't tell her how to do it or she can't do it, one of the two. You know, it's not for a lack of trying. And uh, I've had a lot of teams in my career, almost every team that played really hard. And those two years in Lorenzo coaching those girls, are no, those girls played so hard every game. It was just worked hard, played hard, were ridiculously dedicated. Uh, I thought I might miss the athleticism of boys a little bit, but I didn't because I had a girl there named Mary Jane Huerta who was the best athlete in Lorenzo, boy or girl, just ridiculously athletic. So everything I thought I would miss about boys, I did not. Didn't she go on? Isn't she going to play somewhere this next year? Uh -huh. She is going to McMurray. She, she's a heck of an athlete and very smart, valedictorian of her class, uh, engineering students, very smart, very hardworking, and just a heck of an athlete. All right, coaches, uh, we, you know, tonight here on the Texas 1A Fan, we have Coach Clay and we have Coach Hill, one from Garden City, one from Abbott. Guys, when we get two quality, you know, professionals like yourselves on here tonight, we like to think that we're talking to some of the, the younger groups, maybe some newer coaches out there, some people coming on. So let's go into, I guess, a bit of the advice portion of this show. And y'all can answer this in any order y'all want, but uh, you, like, let's just say you were, you were bringing up a new coach, you were talking to them, you know, here, here's an opportunity to, to reach out there to a few people. What are some things, and I'm not going to say lesser programs, but let's say struggling programs. What are some things in a struggling program that you could fix immediately within two weeks? It doesn't have to be big. I, I'll go. I don't know who's going. Uh, effort, <laughs> for one thing, you got to have you got to have dedication, and effort more than anything, you know. And that starts with you, you know. If you're if you're going to make them work hard, uh, you need to be a hard worker and not a slave driver. <laughs> you know, you watch TV and you watch coaches on TV, and you know they do it by fear. You know that that don't work in small schools like us. I don't think. You know, you you got to let them know that. You're on their side. Not that, not that you're their buddy, but that you're on their side. All this hard work is for a reason. You know, I'm going to work hard at what I do. You work hard at what you do. There's a reason for it. And when everybody buys into the hard work, then good things happen. I tell my girls all the time, you know, if you don't work hard, you don't deserve to win. And that's an easy thing to put in. If you're lazy in practice, if you're not dedicated, if you're not showing up, then don't expect to win. And if you're not going to expect to win, there's no point in me being there. So I think if you're going to change a culture of a school, work is the number one thing. Show them what it is to work hard, work to a purpose, you know, not just do, do up-downs all day just to prove to the girls that you're the boss and you can make them do up-downs. Work to a, to a purpose, but work hard at it all the time, every single day. I think it comes down, uh, it's kind of the same. Um, I think you can only demand out of kids, especially girls, you know, we're both girls basketball coaches but this is I say girls because it's probably that's because I mainly that's who I deal with but you can only demand out of these kids what kind of relationship that you have built prior to that um, I see a lot of young coaches and that's probably the biggest mistake that I see is they want to come in and, and be you know I'm the boss and this is how we're going to do it and rah 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 um, and they haven't taken the time or the effort to build a relationship because kids will like like mentioned earlier they'll run through a wall for you or do whatever you ask them to but to me it only goes as far as the relationship that, that you built because then they know that you're in their corner um and that and like you said it's being a hard worker and two is knowing your craft there's kids are smart this, these days very smart and there there's no excuse in my opinion, there is no excuse to not that you can't be a good coach. There's absolutely there's so much information with the with the internet and the coaching schools, the several that you can go to at TGCA and Texas High School and Texas Six Man and the internet and just the web that you can build. There's no reason that you can't be a good coach. And I think the kids know that. Kids are smarter now than they've ever been. So I think if you build up a relationship and then just be good. Be good. There's you know, there's a lot of air and I in transparency, I'm going to add that one in. That's probably where I've, in the past three to four years, where I've felt like my improvement as a coach 
has been one empathizing with kids and transparency. When I don't know something or I'm not good at something, I let them know it. And we kind of go through that moment together. The kids love it when you're transparent with them. And if I, that, those are probably the things that I would talk to new coaches about. And at, at smaller schools, I think balance is a big thing. And it depends on the program. I'm, ta- I'm speaking for our program where I get to the end of the season and I look back and our kids and our coaching staff has been through the ringer. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we started early and we've pulled them through cross country and I've ran them all the way to the, to the state meet as a team. Um, at the same time, volleyball's going on, and we're one game from the state a tournament last year. And then bat- we're right, you know, two weeks late starting basketball. We start riding the tournaments, and we it, it's tiring. <laughs> and you've got to learn a balance as a as a one A coach. I don't know. So that's that's probably what I would say. I think also two two other things. One, uh, understand that the kids have other th- interests in their life. For us, we're basketball guys. You know, I watch basketball on TV, you know, I read about it, I talk about it, you know, coach it. it. It's all the time with me. It's not with kids. You know, they might be on the volleyball team, they're on a cross-country team, they're in ag, you know, they're, they're just as involved in their academics and their homecoming planning, especially girls, you know, they, they're going to give effort in everything. So don't try to convince them that your one thing is more important than everything else. You know, you, you want it to make sure it's important to them but it's not everything in their life. And you'll, you'll lose the interest in some of them if you try to make every one of them that way. And the other thing is, be the same coach in a game and in practice. If you all of a sudden are going crazy on the kids in the game, you're doing more coaching in the games than you did in practice, kids recognize that. You know, don't, don't showboat because now there's people there watching. You know, you should do the harder coaching in practice. You know, when you get to the game, Go to a Canyon Lady Eagles game, watch Coach Lombard. He, he's just standing there quietly talking to them because he's already coached them up in practice. You know, he ain't got to coach them up in the game. They're coached up now. So don't, don't be a showboat coach in the game. Don't change your personality because it's game night. Change your clothes, dress a little better, you know, but don't change what you're doing. Uh, that's good advice. It's very good advice from both of you. Thank you. Bobby, I've got, I wanted to go another direction with it. Not, not another direction, but kind of the same. And Coach Clay, you're kind of walking into this. but uh, So you show up to the stadium uh, or to the gymnasium, and it, it's time to cross that line. It's time to start getting into some real green practices and get going and, and moving. Um, you need to see what your team's got, what they're made out of. What is a drill that, that you or each one of you like to go to what is something that you absolutely live and die by that you take out there? And when somebody looks back, they're like, oh, man, we, you know, we had to do this, we had to do that. But what is that one drill that you find yourselves going back to because it absolutely helps the team? I guess it puts you on that right frame to get going and move forward in that season. I, I guess I'm looking for a, an answer for some people that might be listening on this. Like, a, what, what kind of drill do you go with so that you can get your team into that, that right place? I don't know if I could name an individual drill. You know, we, we run and practice. You know, if you've ever seen one of our games, whether our coach boys or girls, we are up and down the floor like crazy, just nonstop. And so we practice that way. If you come to our practice, it is a nonstop the whole time we go. We don't sit down ever, never, ever. We don't walk. You know, we are running from the moment we get into we finish every – not lining up and running sprints. Now, I do run these things called prides, which are sprint over and back, pedal back, do 10, and then you do 10, push two sit-ups, then you do nine, then you do 10. You know, and every kid that's ever played for me could, could tell you about that. But <laughs> just the constant up and down the floor. We do things in our, in our program called nonstop 90s, which is on certain days, usually about once every two weeks, we'll put 90 minutes on the clock and we will do full court drills 100 miles an hour for 90 straight minutes with no breaks at all. (laughs) And the beauty of it is the kids just do it without blinking. You know, it's just what they do. We we got interviewed one time when I was at a Grady and we were having one of those days and it was a hundred minute day then. And we were having one of those days when this reporter showed up and he had been there 30 minutes before he, he was just filming and, Walking around about 30 minutes, he came over. He said, Coach, are they going to take a break so I can talk to some of them? And I said, Yes, in 70 minutes, they're going to have a break. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 
And he's like, it's crazy how much they're running. I said, but they don't know. But they're going to run that way in the game. Why not run that way every single day so they don't know about it? What about you, Coach Hale? Do you have a favorite? Man, I don't know about a single drill. If I had to say if I was trying to take on a new program or trying to create an identity, it would be just the variations of the man-to-man -man defensive shell drills that we do. Because in my coaching career, you know, I was young. I started off my first year as a coach. I was the head coach. Um, oh, wow. And to be, yeah. And to be honest, we, I was not a very good coach, and we were not a very good team. And it was, it was a recipe for a disaster. We first, there was a first couple of years where we won three games in two seasons. And if anybody watches this and knows how competitive I am, they're probably going, how in the world? There's no way I could see Coach Hale going through that. And, and it, <laughs> to be honest, it basically got me almost where I exited the profession. I just couldn't. You know, when you're a competitive person and, and you go through times like that, which makes everything sweet now, you know. Right. When you go through times like that, it's, it's trying. You know, my wife, was, you, as a coach, you're thinking, we just got to – there's something I can do. <laughs> there's something I can do that make us a little bit more competitive or give us the chance to win games. And, you know, I was coming home and my wife, she's, she's the one that shoots me straight, you know, once the emotions die down. And she was going, Matt, y'all are just not very good. <laughs> That's all there is to it. There's no – y'all are not very good right now. But I was about at the brink, and I was running. You know, you're a young coach, and you go to coaching school, and you want to do this, and you want to try that, and you don't really have an identity as a program. And I, all along, even in those days, I was a man-to-man -man guy. We weren't doing it at the time because I was coaching low IQ, slow kids, you know. Kind of hard to uh, run man with that. Well, you know, but I got to the point where I was going to – we were going to grab a hold of an identity – regardless and I was going to stop making excuses you know and just using the excuse we just don't have a great great team and, and we created an identity that's the way we went about 80 percent defensive work that year um, and we switched man to man with a bunch of kids that probably shouldn't be running man to man um, and this is coming off a two win season and then the season before that there was one win so we had three wins in two years and we started garden you know we went we went all variations of shell we started teaching angles because we were slow uh, keeping your man in front close out you know the whole deal um, and I think that year that season we were a good defensive team I don't want to say good we were we were a much improved defensive team and I think we were about a 500 team which was a massive improvement and we tied we tied for third place for the playoffs oh wow yeah the girls program in basketball hadn't been to the playoffs I think and that at that point it was nine years they hadn't been in the postseason we tied for third and then had a playoff like a mini tournament there was three teams tied and we ended up losing but I remember being in the locker room after losing that playoff for a playoff spot and those kids were absolutely like devastated now we all were you know because we we were competitive and I the funny thing about that season was I had a magic number. We couldn't score. We didn't have any kind of scoring ability, and we, we put about 20% of our time and effort into offense. Um, if The magic number that year, I think, was like right around 36 points. If we could score 36 or more points a game, we were undefeated. <laughs> yeah, that shows that we were a defensive, which we didn't. You know, we only scored about 36 points half the time. That's why we were a 500 team. We got to that point. And we never looked back. That next year we made it to the playoffs, and we've been in the top 25, I think, ever since. We've kind of been a – flew under the radar. We're kind of catching a little bit of attention now because we've strung together some really good seasons in a row. But that's, that's what changed my, I guess, coaching career. And whenever I grab hold of an identity – people that play us know they're going to have to deal with man-to-man -man defense. And we're going to get up and guard your butt. And we're going to do it full court most of the time. And that's our identity. So I would have to say if I had to pick one drill or one thing to do with a new group, or that's what I would say. But more than anything for a new coach is to have an identity early on. Don't just get out there and, and, and try to coach like Rick Carlisle because you like watching the Mavs or Greg Popovich because you're his first fan or because you saw somebody at coaching school just have an identity, create it and go with it. And there's going to be some bumps along the way, but when you can create an identity, 
then you can really hone in and, and focus your practice time on Man, that. That's, that's a good point. The, the, the previous question about things you would pick, teach young coaches, that's one of them. Decide what you want to do and do it. Keep it simple. When you're a young coach, you're just a sponge for information. So you go to coaching clinics, you go watch games, you go up to the Caprock tournament and watch 20 games in three days, and everybody you watch win, you want to do what they do. Like, wow, that's a great offense. I'm going to put that in. That's a great defense. I'll put that in. Well, you can't do everything. You, you just can't do it. My, my first two years as a head coach at Valley, my first year we went over in district because our district was – the state champs, Nazareth, were in that district. <laughs> Happy had just got back from the state tournament, and they didn't get out of the playoffs. Silverton went to the regional finals. I mean, our, our district was crazy good. We won zero games. The next year, we get beat on a free throw to lose out of the playoffs. Only two teams went in. We lose on a free throw to miss the playoffs. But after that season, I sat down with two seniors I had who had played for two years, and I said, what do we got to do to be better? And they said, Coach, there's too much stuff. We can't remember all the offense. We can't remember all the defense. We can't remember all the impact. There's too much stuff. We spend all our time trying to remember what that means instead of playing. And I took it to heart. And I got rid of everything. I run like one-man offense. I run like one-zone offense. I'm going to run and jump you and play man the whole game. I run about two inbounds plays, and that's it. And I, that's what I've been doing now for – 112 years or however long I've been coaching. <laughs> that's no, kind no, of the coach. same approach that we had took, exactly the same. I didn't include that, but that's – we did the same thing. Especially, I don't – I don't know if it's girls. You know, and in Central Texas, I'm not going to lie, we don't – we had a great season last year. I think we ended up 27-1, and one, and our one was the one that we got eliminated with. And people were coming to me, and Coach Y'all are doing a great job. And really, I all we did was beat teams that we should have beat. You know, that's all we did. In Central Texas, I'm not trying to talk bad about my area, but there's not a whole lot of great girls basketball teams in, in Central Texas. Uh, but that's what I did, too, the same thing. Right about that time we switched to man defense, we stripped everything, and I just my, – my philosophy was we're going to make this where we can play as hard as we can with not so much thinking. Because, you know, we, we play volleyball and we're good at it. And we're getting thrown right into the fire two or three weeks into the basketball season a lot of times. And we're, we have, you know, kids that don't grow up playing it, so their IQ is not the greatest. We did the same thing. We went to four-out dribble drive, and we teach, you know, I, I tell them we don't – they don't have to remember screens and things like that. We teach the rotations in practice, and we, we take slices out of that offense, and we just drill it over and over. And basically our kids, we want them to get from A to B to the basket. And if they can't get there and they get stopped, they know where their teammates are rotated to. And they love it because <laughs> they don't have to think. And defensively, we get after it. We cause a lot of turnovers. I agree with everything he just said to keep it simple. Unless you have a group of kids that, that you know, like, for instance, we lost to Sherino the last two years, and they're a basketball community. It's probably a little bit different for them. They don't play volleyball, and those are – those are that's a basketball school. As I was, I was like a just like a. The last two years, it was we had two unfortunate, really close losses. But I was just like a fan going into those games. I could not wait for them to happen because it was a complete tale of two different teams. We had size and athleticism, and they had basketball players. <laughs> and how was what what was going to give? You know, so. probably the smartest thing I ever did as a coach, and it was really as an athletic director, is I hired Jimmy Avery as our basketball coach at Grady which I had to outduel Garden City for, by the way. You did well. <laughs> yeah. But he was such a, an opportunity for me to learn. And, and Jimmy always said, if it's not simple, your kids can't do it. And if, if they're not sold 100% on it, then they won't do it with, with all the effort they need to. And, and I took that to heart. You know, if, if they don't believe in what you're doing, then they're not going to play as hard as they can. You know, so when you get them single-minded, this is how we play basketball. It ain't the only way to play basketball, but by golly, it's how we play basketball. And they sell out for that particular style, then, then you're going to start showing signs of success. We shot 38 threes a game last year. 38 threes a game in a girls' basketball program. We were putting it up. Okay, when I took over Lorenzo girls, that wasn't so easy. Because every time they missed one, they looked over at the bench at me like, oh, no, am I coming out? 
And then the next time they're like, I'm not sure if I should shoot this. No, you're not coming out. Shoot it again. I need you to shoot it without thinking. Because if you think about it, it ain't going in. You know, be confident in what you're doing. They had to be confident to leave their girl to go trap. You know, they got to be confident in that. If you don't preach that one premise all the time, if we say, yes, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, except when we play new home. When we play new home, we're going to do this because that's not going to work. You know, then they're going to doubt the original thing you're doing. You know, anytime things starts going wrong, they're going to start saying, well, this ain't working against this team. So what I, what I would do against the lower level teams is the exact same thing I was doing against new home and ropes. Did it always work? Heck no. Show me the style of play that, that beat, you know, Nazareth or ropes, you know, not <laughs> very many, not very many style of play. That's about, that's about having the right players, but you have to make them believe in one thing. You may know as a coach that you can win in a hundred different ways. You can be a half court team like Leland Bearden and pound it into the high low post and win. You can be like Naz and you can screen and roll, screen and roll and win. Or you can be like us and you can run and gun and you can shoot it from the three every time and you can win. Your players just have to believe in the style that you're preaching. Now, guys, uh, coaches wear so many hats throughout. Y'all guys live so many lives and y'all impact and touch so many people. The, the, let's talk about the psychology of a coach. Um, let me take y'all to a place. Let, let's say first round, regional tournament, you know, crowds out there. Uh, huge environment uh we haven't got to visit it many times i have seen it though we went out there a couple years ago the girls um for ranking and it is an intense atmosphere i've i'm not we're not common to that and feeling that and going in there and just that energy that emotion i mean it, it truly was electrifying and now you guys have to go in there bring these girls together this team that y'all brought together and that y'all worked for y'all worked with and y'all got there Let's say that for some reason in this situation that we're going into, your girls are overly nervous and you know it. What, what are you going to do when you walk in there? What are you going to say? Um, how, how, how do you, as the, 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 co the head coach going into that game, bring your girls back and then calm them down and get them ready to go out there and, and face that, that big stage? You, you convince them they belong. And really all of that stuff is – distracting until the game starts. I, I'll never forget the first year we played at the state tournament. You know, we're used to playing in the gym in Meadow and the gym in Loop and the gym in Wellman Union. You know, all of a sudden you're playing at Irwin Stadium in Austin and there are people, it's, it's intimidating as a coach a little bit because everywhere you look in the coaching section are coaches that should be there instead of you. <laughs> you know, Larry Birdwell is a freaking legend sitting right behind me, 14 regional tournaments. He never got state and there I am at state going, I, I know he thinks how, wonders how I got here, but once a game starts, most of that fades away. You, you talk about being nervous regional tournament. The, the first team I took as a head basketball coach to regional tournament was at Meadow. Our first round opponent was Nazareth. <laughs> the second time I go to the regional tournament, our first round opponent is Nazareth. The third time I go to the regional tournament, our first round opponent is freaking Nazareth. Good fourth night. time I go to the regional tournament, first round, Nazareth. You know, every time I go – I went to two regional tournaments as a player in high school, and I didn't lose to Nazareth. I lost to Trey Ritchie and the Jake and Jaybirds. They lost to Nazareth. Good. So, you know, that's in your mind. <laughs> you know, more than, more than who the fans are, I mean, now you're going somewhere and you're playing schools that you see them, you know, see in the newspaper or see all of a sudden there's – you know, it says Nazareth on the front of that jersey. You know, when I coached boys at Grady, I thought we won games sometimes because it said Grady on the front of our jersey. And other teams went, oh, crap. You know, we talk about being in high school. When I was in high school and I were in, there were a lot of football games we won before we ever got off the bus. Because when that big black bus pulled into town said I were in on the side, people went, oh, crap. This is about to get bad. Well, and then the lady that would hit that bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Yeah, the Jaden girls were that way, too. We'd get off the bus, and we were all huge, but we were fast. Yeah. Yeah. You just – you know, I mean, it's an environment they don't normally play in, but they're excited. You just got to try to get them to do their their routine that they always do before the game. You, you can't go in there and say, hey, it's just another gym. Let's play immediately. You got to let them take it in a little bit. When you go play at the Texan Dome in uh, Level Land, you ain't played anywhere like that yet. The size of it alone is overwhelming. They got to be able to soak it in. That's why it's always better to play the second game. 
<laughs> man, that first one, you just walk in and play, that's kind of hard. You get to play the second one, you get to watch a little bit, be in the gym, you know, get a feel of it a little bit. Remember, it's just a court. But I always think once the game gets started, you know, we've, I know in 2012 when we played in Austin, the first shot of the game, my son's first shot of the game, he took from the logo, you know. It's like 40 feet out there. And I bring him over and said, okay, you got that out of your system now? Because you can get a little closer than that, you know. But they'll get over it as the game goes. Man, I think what, what I try to do and what we try to do at our program is, is what happens way before that even moment or those big moments. Um, is just to create an atmosphere and a culture where where you're vulnerable with each other and the kids know that it's more than just sports. When they know that you care about them more than just sports or it's just those big moments or, or that you're just wanting to win. When you when they know that you really care about them and you're just – and you're relating – because I think sports, I've told the kids all along and everybody that sports are the easiest way, in my opinion – to get kids ready for life. And I know that kind of sounds cliche, but it's easy because that's, I mean, if you think about the rest of the rest of their life is going to be competitive and it's going to be, they're going to have to compete for uh, a soulmate. They're going to have to compete for a job. They're going to have to compete for scholarships. They're going to have to compete for positions. And I don't know when you, when you, when you make sports where maybe the actual winning and losing is not the very top thing, when it's about relationships and going through just a journey together and, and finding ways to do it with different kinds of people that are raised different, some that are passive and some that are loud and some that lead and some that don't. And I tell the, all the time, the kids, those big moments, we're not going to put any added pressure in those moments because as a human being, like the pressure is going to be there. Like it just is like, it's the, it's the pressure is going to be there. I don't know. And it, it, just building up to that moment, I think you can create an atmosphere and a culture that will help you kind of get through it. Obviously, you're going to be nervous and you're going to it's going to be right at the beginning of those games or those moments, whether it's a state track meet or state cross country or regional tournament basketball or volleyball. Just making the kids let, let them know that you care about them and you're in it for them. Um, and they it, it all kind of takes care of itself in those big moments, in my opinion. Okay. I think that that building up to it part he's talking about is something you do with an attitude type thing. And this will sound ridiculous probably, but I, I always want our kids to believe whether we're playing in our gym in Lorenzo, Texas, or we're playing in your gym in Abbott, or we're playing at the Texan, whatever gym we walk into, we own that sucker, right? Because we're the same. We're the same at home. We're the same there. We're the same. We, when we pull our bus up, we want y'all to know we own this place now. You may beat us, but we ain't going to lay down for you. We, we had to play ropes the last two years in the playoffs. And I played them three times. We played them three times this year. And you know what? We went to battle with them every time. And we lost to them every stinking time. But we weren't walking into that third game going, oh, no, we're going to lose to ropes today. Nope, we were there to battle. And that's just something you have to plan. Their head. If you're going to be a really good team and advance far – Sometimes you're the kind of players people don't like. You, you got to have a little chip on your shoulder. You got to believe, you know, one, we're better than y'all. Two, this rinky dink little gym is about to belong to us. And this big, huge dome is about to belong to us. You know, you'll find out here in about 10 minutes. Got to have that attitude. Well, guys, it has been an honor and a joy. I really did enjoy this. And I think this was more of a uh, learning episode than anything else. If, um, if people do get out there and, and we do have our listeners, uh, they need to pay attention to some of what's going on out here. There's a lot of recipes for success out there. A great show with two legendary coaches in the game. And, uh, guys, do you have any parting words? Or, Bobby, do you have anything that you want to, you know, get in there as, as far as being the old uh, – no, I shouldn't say old. As far as being the seasoned professional female athlete that dominated her sport – so few short years ago oh please few short years it's been a long time <laughs> no i i just appreciate both of you so much giving us your expertise and asking and answering our our questions and um giving some really great advice that um some of it i have heard my entire life from all of my coaches i grew up in jayton and i played for wendell neff and randall courtney and they were awesome coaches Grew up with Bubba and Trey. Of course, you have to have a little bit of gym ratness in you. 
and we pretty much live there. But um, I do appreciate all these things you've said. I have experienced them to be true, and hopefully people will listen. And we just really appreciate you giving us your thoughts on these, these items. Hey, I'll say this before we go. I, I grew up in West Texas. I grew up in a football town and a band town. You know, Iron was big in band. From the time I was in seventh grade, when I first strapped on that Ira N on my chest, until I graduated as a senior, never one time lost a ranking in craft. Just saying, not one time. <laughs> oh, he is well, well, down well, the well. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby, 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 Bobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Release uh, the hound. Say, say, oh boy. No, I, love, I love this. I love it because I'm going to tell you something. Ariane, we'll just throw this in there real quick. Freshman year, I wasn't even going to play that night. We didn't have a JV. We were going to go to Ariane and play. We walk off the bus. All you hear is, you know, you just, oh, the boom, 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 you know, the Indian warpath. We get into the locker room. I'm in there, and I'm putting on my shoulder pads, and I'm like, bruh, bruh. I'm about to throw up, and my buddy, never forget him, his name is Robert Guadarrama. He goes, dude, they got to be up for 30 for us to get in. We ain't getting in. <laughs> it was that kind of atm – that atmosphere. I love atmosphere in sports. I love these programs. And, and I hope – I hope everybody gets those opportunities to go to these schools or to be a part of these schools. And it sounds like you two gentlemen have, have – know the recipe for building these things but man that that spirit of competition and those inlays in sports are awesome and it's something you'll never forget definitely and if uh coach clay if you ever see when rankin and garden city played this year at any sport and you see uh old boo boo there just give him a hard time for me would you <laughs> it's good to be from our end that's all i'm saying <laughs> Well, thanks again, guys. We sure appreciate it. I just, hey, gonna... just want to say, y'all, thank you for covering, one, the smaller schools, and two, for the, the what y'all do, like, on the spreadsheets and the charts and things like that, have, like, transformed some of the things, especially during track season, the things that I can do. I mean, it that enables me during track season to tailor our training. You know, if I look on the, the you know, the reports that y'all put out, who are going to be going against an area and regionals and there, you know, the competition's not there, then we can adjust our training to where our peak time is going to be different, or maybe we can focus more at the regional level or the state level. So I just wanted to say, I appreciate strongly, hugely appreciate you guys doing that. And one, just the, the coverage that y'all put out there for the smaller schools. That's big. That's a big thing. Well, they so deserve every that. bit of it that, that we can give them. Definitely. Hey Bobby, I'll, I'll I don't want to give uh, before you go. I want to give Jayden a little credit and and a, an unsung hero. I, I talked about when we were at the regional tournament, we played Jayden twice, and uh, and of course, I mean, you know, I later became such good buddies with Trey. But going into the tournament game, our senior year, we were so worried about Trey. You know, they had the big Hamilton kid, just ridiculously good athlete. Ricky Martinez went off on us. We didn't even know his name. Or his number, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. He went crazy on us. We're like, who's guarding this kid? Who is this kid? And he just – he went – but I tell Trey that all the time. You didn't do it. Ricky did it. So, whatever, Trey. Yeah, yeah. They all had the ability to come out of the woodwork like that. They were amazing. They were an amazing team. I just want to give Ricky a little credit there. Yeah. He hardly ever – he'll appreciate that, too. Yeah. You know that. Oh, so thank you guys so much. So tonight, Boo Boo's got the quote of the night to end our evening podcast. What you got for us tonight, Boo Boo? Bobby, there's a little quote by a woman named Helen Keller from way back in the day, a very inspirational woman with quite the story, an inspiration to me as well as others. But uh, she, she did have something that uh, really set home with me. Uh, her quote is, keep your face in the light that way you'll never see the darkness helen keller oh that's very nice very very nice that's actually a great quote for our present situation in in the world today with this lovely pandemic 
And I choose to look for the positives. And that is a great quote to remember. You might have to send that one to me so I remember it and write it down. Well, I certainly will. What about these coaches tonight? We had Coach Matt Hill. We had Thomas Clay on here. Now, I, I was getting familiar as, as we were doing things with, with Abbott. I mean, that is a strong bunch out there. And, you know, like, I base everything in six-man from what I read in football and what I see in football. And uh, then you start getting into the girls' programs, and like you guys were talking about, you know, you had your track. Then you got your volleyball. Um, there's just a well-rounded school, big time. I mean, that's, that's the kind of team you don't want to face. In, in a playoff game or, you know, those, and, and again, though, on the other hand, those are going to be the teams that you see in those playoff games with that strong leadership, well-rounded schools, and they're going to come right at you and they're going to take some away. You know, do you notice what coach uh, Matt was saying there? He, he preached defense twice. You know, so those of you going up against Abbott, they will defend you. Some people say they don't teach defense in basketball anymore, but that man. Oh, please. They were preaching it tonight. But no, have you ever seen defense. Nazareth? They play defense. Rose no, plays defense. Lorenzo played defense last year. I mean, <laughs> we got some we got some girls who can play some defense. And you've you heard I the was term to, defense I'm, wins games. You know, I'm trying to give a compliment and I'm trying to say <laughs> I like the way he was talking defense. Yeah. What about that coach Thomas Clay? Man, first time I've ever met him tonight. And he, he looks to be a stern gentleman, but I tell you what, he's a competitor. And you can tell he's going to be a tough one. And being from Rankin and being that, you know, we are in a, the football district with Garden City, boy, it's going to be tough to see him down the road because uh, that guy looks like he's got it together. And if you start going through his record and looking at stuff, um, one heck of a coach and looks to be a heck of a person. So uh, Garden, Very... City looks like, Garden City looks like they got him a good one. So uh, we're just going to have to get out there, put the word out, and get in the wheelhouse of these kids and start working hard because it's going to take a lot to beat some of these coaches. So, guys, if you're out there and you're down the road and you're going up against Abbott or you're going up against Garden City, lay some up, be ready, get ready to go because they are going to run you to death. So uh, keep up and with it. And getting your shorts uh, and defense. Definitely. And they can play a little defense. Yes, mm -hmm. ma'am. Well, that's all we got for tonight. So we're going to end with go forward and do good.